balance. That is the goal here at Boost Health. Welcome to episode number 12 of the show. I am Paul Sandberg, the founder of Boost Health and your host. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the NSCA. I have a bachelor's degree in human biology, a master's degree in business, and I've been working in the wellness and fitness industry for over 19 years. In each episode of the Boost Health podcast, we discuss a new topic and cover the entire spectrum of wellness concepts, including fitness training, inspiration, nutrition, biohacks, and wellness products, and give you some actionable tips that you can implement in your personal health strategy. Each show is only about 20 minutes long, so you can get caught up on past episodes easily if you're a new listener. Now, my philosophy with this podcast and with Boost Health in general is to be open-minded and try new things. Preconceived notions shouldn't get in the way of wellness strategies that could be a real difference maker for us. Have you ever tried a new wellness tactic that surprised you in how well it worked? Those are what we are trying to uncover. I want to take a moment to thank everyone for listening. The show is definitely growing as we're getting lots of new subscribers and downloads. Please support Boost by telling a friend, family member, or colleague about the show that you think might enjoy it. Another way to support the show is by visiting the website at myboosthealth.com, clicking the banner at the bottom of the homepage, and then doing some shopping. When using the Amazon banner, you'll get to check some shopping off your to-do list and Boost will get a kickback, so everyone wins. One last thing that would really help the show, if you haven't already, please take a few moments to subscribe to the show, rate the show five stars, and leave a written review of the show in iTunes. You can do it right in the podcast app on your smartphone. These are really helpful in gaining a following, and there's some ratings starting to come in now, so thank you so much to those who have already taken a moment to do this. couple of quick announcements. We do have a weekly newsletter that goes out. It's called the Weekly Boost. If you haven't already subscribed to that, you can subscribe real easily by clicking the subscription button on the homepage. There's a banner sort of in the middle of the whole homepage as you scroll down. And announcement on apparel. Thank you so much to everyone who put in an order for their Boost Health Performance Apparel. Now, the shop did close this week so we could have Quarry build the first batch of custom gear for everyone. Um, if you didn't get to put an order in, don't worry. We'll have the shop open again sometime this summer. I'll keep you posted on the podcast and in the newsletter. Also, I mentioned I'd be giving away a special prize to the person who gave the best review of the show while the shop was open. Well, our winner is Dallas McCarter of Lawrence, Kansas. He provided an excellent written review of the show. Now, pay no mind to the fact that it was the only written review so far. It was really good. And so he actually won a pair of the Boost Health Performance Cycling Socks. So we'll be sending those out to him. So thank you, Dallas, for uh, reviewing the show. And we'll be doing um, a giveaway like that again when we have the, the shop open next time. All right. Now on with the program. Episode 12 of the Boost Health Podcast is titled five elements, the best overall fitness program. It is difficult, but I decided I don't want to be so special. I want to be generalized. I don't want to be a triathlete, a playground gymnast, cyclist, crossfitter, obstacle course dude, yogi, or gym rat. I think I will just dabble a little bit in each. What do I mean? I mean, I don't want to just be able to run fast in a straight line, but instead be able to cut at a hard angle 
explosively jump over a fallen tree, or run barefoot in deep sand without batting an eye. I mean, I don't want to be too tired from training, but instead be a fun dad and chase after my kids on the playground and run, jump, swing, and climb with them. I mean, I don't want to sacrifice endurance for strength, but instead be able to hold a good pace on a run or a bike climb, but also be able to do 12 to 15 full range of motion pull-ups, explosive full body press-ups, and back squat a lot of weight. I mean that I don't want to be a sleep-deprived, overtrained, stress-hormone-maxed, chronic-fatigued mess, but instead have high levels of testosterone, balanced training, enough sleep, and enough specific recovery to allow my body to absorb my training. I mean that I don't want my back to hurt when standing or sitting at my desk or waiting in line at the grocery store, but instead be able to have the awareness and core strength to brace myself properly with good posture. What I really mean is that I want to be on the best fitness program for overall health and performance. I want to be able to enjoy a bike ride with my buddies and hang in there with them, but not need to cycle seven times a week just to be the best or the one in front. I want to be able to squat heavy weight in the gym and be able to run track later that night without feeling destroyed. I want to go to the playground and do pull-ups on the monkey bars and also be able to swim a few laps in the pool without feeling spent. I want to have the strength to carry heavy grocery bags or firewood effortlessly and have vice grip forearm strength. I want to wake up for an early workout but feel rested and have a good heart rate variability score. So what program would create this balanced specimen? Well, after doing tons and tons of research and lots and lots of years of experience in the field, you might say, I've come up with five elements that I think create the best overall fitness program. So here they are. Number one, full body strength training. Well, those who know me are already aware that my first love of fitness is strength training. It all started when I was a kid experimenting with my dad's old barbell weight set in the garage. It was fully realized later before my freshman year of high school and the summer strength training program for football. From then on, from high school through university and into current times, strength training has been a constant for me. I've been lucky to have good mentors, coaches, and the best professional training available to learn proper techniques and pass them on to my students. I love the way it makes me feel strong, powerful, and muscular. Strength training is definitely part of me, and I would even go as far as to say that it defines me. Pun intended, haha. But maybe strength training is new for you, or you've tried it a few times, but it hasn't become ingrained into your routine. Some of the many, many benefits of strength training that I hope will sell you on adding it to your program if you haven't already. Uh, it increases your metabolic rate helps your body burn calories more efficiently. It's always a good thing. There's evidence of it helping in managing chronic conditions such as diabetes, back pain, arthritis, obesity, heart disease, and depression. It prevents osteoporosis, reduces body fat, increases strength, no duh, and prevents muscle loss, which occurs naturally with age. So it becomes even more important to do strength training as you get older. So now that we have sold you on adding it to your routine, we need to cover the type of strength training that is best and how often you should do it. Now, I did an entire show and blog on benefits of full body training, which you can check out. I'll link to it in the show notes and blog. 
The basic takeaway is that full body strength training is best no matter what your goals are. Full body training is where you train your entire body in one workout and focus on lots of big compound movements like squat presses and pull-ups. Don't do split programs where you focus only on one or two body parts. We as humans respond best to training our body as one big kinetic chain. There's a lot more functional application to, say, a deadlift with a barbell than a bicep curl machine, for example. The full body strength program should be done three days per week and not in consecutive days. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week works quite nicely. Now, a 2009 study in Phys Sports Med by Westcott et al. found that doing aerobic exercise and strength training both three times per week yielded greater improvements in body fat percentage, fat weight, and lean weight than only doing them one or two times per week. Now, I'll tell you now, I'm going to link to every single one of these studies in the blog and show notes. There's going to be a lot of uh, studies throughout the show. So you don't belong to a gym. Maybe you don't have very much space at home. Maybe you don't have very much time. No problem. I've actually created a full body workout you can do at home that only requires your body weight and dumbbells. I'll link to the video uh, of that on YouTube in the show notes and blog. I've also created another full body workout that you can do at home or even while traveling that only requires your body weight and resistance bands. And the resistance bands are great because they're really light and they don't take up much space. So super easy to travel with. And I'll make sure to link to that video in the show notes and blog as well. These workouts take less than 30 minutes to complete. So we've got no excuses now, right? Now, sometimes I hear from my endurance buddies that they don't need to do strength training, especially strength training for their legs, because they do running and or cycling, and that should be enough. Firstly, in the instance of folks who only cycle, there is no load-bearing exercise happening, and thus there is no maintaining or improving of bone density, which is one of the aforementioned benefits of strength training. Runners get the load-bearing movement with body weight and ground impact, but the quality and speed isn't always great. Think of all those repetitions, thousands and thousands of repetitions of explosive ground striking that a runner does. Adding some high quality full body strength work, such as squat presses, will help the athlete strengthen the body as a whole, which is best for functional application in sport and life. According to a 2017 study in Physiological Reports by Vic Moen et al., adding strength training to normal endurance training for experienced female duathletes improved both their running and cycling performance. Another study published in Medicine and Science in Sport and Exercise in 2008 by Storen et al. found that strength training improved force development by 26%, max aerobic speed by 21.3%, and running economy by 5% in a group of well-trained distance runners. It'll also help you be more durable. If the runner has muscle imbalances, for example, these are hard to treat with more running. So if you value performing at an optimal level and want to squeeze as many years of running, cycling, etc. out of your body as possible, then please, please add full body strength training to your regimen. I would argue that strength training is perhaps the most important element in the best overall fitness program. Number two, cardio. Train your zones. Aerobic conditioning for me, up until I started multi-sport racing a few years ago, 
had always been generated from sport like soccer, basketball, racquetball, football, etc. Sports are great for cardio training as long as you are consistent and the quality of work is high. I've worn fitness trackers with heart rate monitors and recreational soccer and basketball games and was very surprised with the overall estimated caloric burn being around 1,000 calories. Also, the interval training was natural and effective with the occasional sprints down the field or court paired with recovery. Keep in mind, I was putting in quality efforts and working hard in these sports. If I was standing still posting up in the paint or not running back to get on defense, then I wouldn't have burned so many calories or had the same interval training effect. After having kids, I found it harder to jump into the evening basketball pickup game or play in soccer leagues. Multi-sport training seemed interesting because I could train on my own when I had time, but could still feed my competitive side in occasional races. Those who know me understand that I have a more minimalist approach to cardio training where I like to mix in high-intensity interval training or HIT, to get a bit more mitochondrial bang for my workout buck versus doing all slow zone two stuff. Now, if you're new to cardio training, then you may be a little lost on what is meant by zone two and interval training. Let's dig into that. Firstly, heart rate is the most critical metric with cardio training. If you're serious about your all-around fitness, then you need a heart rate monitor. I like the Ticker X by Wahoo, as it can connect to Ant Plus and Bluetooth. I like the Ticker X by Wahoo, as it can connect to Ant Plus and Bluetooth technology, so it can connect to your GPS watch or smartphone with ease. And I'll link to how you can get it on Amazon if you're interested in the show notes and blog. The basic concept of heart rate training is that you operate in different energy systems in each zone. And so working in a variety of zones can maximize overall health benefits. Everyone has different heart rate zones based on their age and in more sophisticated formulas, fitness level. The most simple but not always accurate method is the age-predicted max heart rate method. In this method, you use the formula of 220 minus your age to get your maximum heart rate or MHR. This is measured in beats per minute, BPM. Then the training zones would simply be percentages of your MHR, where zone 1 equals 65 to 85% of that, zone 2 equals 80 to 89% of that, zone 3 equals 89 to 95%, zone 4 equals 95 to 100%, and zone 5 equals 100 to 110%. So if you use me as an example with my age of 39, then 220 minus 39 is equal to a MHR of 181. Since zone 2 is 80 to 89% of my MHR of 181, then my zone 2 would be 145 to 161 beats per minute, just as an example using that method. Now, a more accurate way to find your training zones is to actually use a lactate threshold. According to Joe Friel, on the Training Peaks website, you can easily find your running lactate threshold by completing an individual time trial. For running lactate threshold, you would run as hard as you can for 30 minutes holding a steady pace. To ensure accuracy, you would look at your average heart rate over the last 20 minutes, as most folks tend to go out too fast in their first 10 minutes. Now I've done this type of time trial a few different times and I found that my running lactate threshold is 165 beats per minute. 
This is valuable knowledge because if I'm trying to hold a fast but steady pace out on a training run or in a race, I see my heart rate above this number, I know I need to slow down so I don't blow up. Once you have your lactate threshold data point, then you can easily plug it into a formula used on Garmin Connect, Training Peaks, and many others. In the blog, I share screenshots of my zones based on this lactate threshold. Using my zone 2 example again, my lactate threshold has me at a range of 132 to 147 beats per minute, which is far different than 145 to 161 beats per minute using the age predicted model. So it's well worth spending the 30 minutes to do your own time trial and also do this several times a year, especially if you have major changes in fitness. There's an excellent article on the University of New Mexico website by Dr. Len Kravitz of the University of New Mexico and Dr. Micah Zuhl of Central Michigan University. And they delve into the research on HIT, which is high intensity interval training and continuous endurance. And they found that HIT produces results that are the same or better in some cases for various physiological markers. They recommend a combination of HIT training with continuous endurance to get the most out of your training. Now, this was welcome news to someone like me who finds the slow and low training a little bit boring. So this helps us set up some training principles around cardio. We know we need to do some slow stuff and some fast intervals. Now, this can be easily added to any cardio training discipline. Also, we know based on the aforementioned study that three days per week of cardio plus three days per week of strength training yields good results for body composition. I really feel strongly that people should do some form of exercise every day. Hint for another tip to come. Considering this and what we know about HIT, you could do four days of cardio and three days of strength training and alternate each day. For example, in one week, you could do four different cardio workouts where you did a mix of two slower efforts and two intense interval efforts. In this scenario, you could do a slow zone two run once per week, a track running workout once per week with intense interval sprints and recovery after each, an easy zone two bike ride, and a bike ride with some big hill intervals where efforts are put in on the climbs and then you allow your heart rate to recover at the top and then on your descent. This is just one example of many, many different possibilities. Number three, proper warm-up. Most training program models include flexibility, but I'm not including it here. One of the reasons is because some research is showing us that more flexibility isn't necessarily going to be helpful for performance. For example, a 2011 study in the European Journal of Applied Physiology found that static stretching can cause performance impairments. Most of the time, these performance issues occur when static stretching is done before a workout or a sporting event. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you know I did an entire blog post and podcast on the benefits of dynamic warm-up pre-workout and how static stretching should be only done post-workout. I also provide a video of proper dynamic warm-up. Now, you can read the post and listen to the episode and watch the video. I'll link to all of those in the show notes and blog. Static stretching, such as with yoga, should be just fine, but if you're doing this on the same day as your sport or strength training, do it a few hours beforehand or just wait until after. And I'm also purposefully not mentioning cool down as part of this program. There's tons of conflicting research on whether or not cooling down has any benefit. Most studies agree that taking a few minutes to do some focused breathing and static stretching after you work out isn't going to do any harm though. Number four, consistency. 
exercise every day. Based on what we know from research, four days of cardio and three days of strength training would be a nice breakdown for your seven-day week. If you are tired, maybe it can be an active recovery day like an easy, easy walk or light strength session. The key is to just get in the habit of doing something each and every day. I know, I know, you're busy. The kids' activities, the demanding job, business travel, etc. all make squeezing in exercise a challenge. Most of the time, the best response to these hurdles is to just get your exercise in early. First thing. I talk about being an early bird in my blog and podcast titled 10 Tips for the Best Morning Routine for Health and Productivity. Please don't fall into the trap of saying you are not a morning person. Everyone and anyone can be a morning person. It's really just a matter of resetting your clock and maybe your mental wiring. Taking a look at my schedule as an example, we cycle here in Hong Kong very, very early to beat the traffic for safety and enjoyment purposes. We have our wheels rolling during the work week at about 5.15 a.m. For me, this means getting up at 4.15 a.m. And on other days, when I'm not cycling, I teach 6 a.m. group fitness classes. Now, in order to get my own workout in and back in time to teach, I have to start by a little before 5 a.m. Again, this means rising up with a number that starts with a four. (laughs) If I told you I was super excited to get up that early, I'd be a liar. But I feel absolutely amazing for the rest of the day and the workout is complete. It's not hanging over my head as an uncompleted task that I feel guilty about, but rather it's starting my day off with a productive, health-inducing, energizing activity. Also, it is not difficult to go to bed early when you woke up at 4.15 earlier that day, believe me. Your body will quickly adapt to the early rise and early fall cycle. Number five, lifestyle. What I mean by this is just really approaching everything in your daily life with a healthy mindset. It's about asking yourself in all situations if you can make a healthier decision and then acting on it. So I've got a few ideas of some simple small changes you can make in your daily life that can add up for a big positive effect. So here's some ideas. If you're on an escalator and there's room, go ahead and walk up the stairs or down the stairs, whichever is applicable. Don't scan the parking lot for the closest space to the store. Go ahead and park far away and get a nice walk in. Set up your workstation so that you can sit or stand throughout the day if possible. If you sit too long or you stand too long, it's hard on the body. It doesn't have to be a fancy or expensive setup. I'm actually sharing some shots that I've set up with my own workstation here at home with just some chairs and suitcases to elevate my keyboard, mouse, and monitor. You can check those out on the blog. Exercise while on vacation or traveling for work. Don't let travel throw you off of your schedule. Carry as many grocery bags as you can and walk with good posture and a tight core. Keep up with your kids, if applicable. Run, jump, walk, climb, squat, and crawl with them. And finally, tell coworkers, family, friends, and even the bank teller about the workout you have planned for tomorrow. It will add accountability. So now that you have the five elements of the best overall fitness program, I want to give you a couple of example programs. And these are going to also be in the blog, so you can go there and check them out if you can't get everything written down here. So first example program is just the daily workout. And you'll notice both of these programs have something going on every day. We talked about consistency. We talked about doing a workout every day. One principle that's consistent 
is that you should do a dynamic warm-up before each and every workout. So Monday could be a strength training day. Tuesday could be a high-intensity interval run. Wednesday, another strength training day. Thursday could be a high-intensity interval training cycling workout. Friday, strength training day again. Saturday could be an easy run. And Sunday could be a high-intensity interval swim. So here we're incorporating the consistency, the different types of zone cardio training, and strength training three times a week. The other program I have as an example is an advanced program for somebody that has the ability and the time to do multiple sessions in a day. Again, we're going to be consistent with something every single day, and we're going to do a dynamic warm-up before each and every workout. Monday is a slow run and strength training. Tuesday is high-intensity interval training for cycling and an easy swim. Wednesday is strength training and high-intensity interval training for running. Thursday is high-intensity interval training for cycling. Friday is strength training and high-intensity interval training for swim. Saturday is an easy zone 2 cycling workout. And Sunday is a threshold run. Now, these are just a couple of different examples. As long as you apply the five different elements of the best overall fitness program, you should be on a path to building a really strong overall healthy body. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I'll be back next week discussing a new wellness topic. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes. You can follow my workouts and boost health updates on Strava, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also visit the Boost Health website at myboosthealth.com for links to everything, along with more motivation and information. Until next time, find your balance.